Welcome to the Here and There podcast. My name is Aga. And my name is Carolina. If you heard any of our previous episodes, we want to thank you for listening. If you are new to the Here and There podcast, we're excited to have you with us. Today, we are talking to Paulina. Paulina is Aga's sister who spent her childhood in Poland and currently lives in New Jersey. We reflect on her experience of leaving teenage years and approaching adulthood while making a transition into a new country and a new culture at the same time. It's a very honest, engaging, and sometimes hard conversation about change and navigating different worlds and stories as a mother and the meaning of sharing your experiences with others regardless of everything that sets you apart. We hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy what's to come. Um, Paulina, would you like to tell us where you're from? I always say whenever I go that I am from Poland and it is a funny thing because sometimes you don't want to be perceived as an American so you specifically say that you are from Poland and that happened to us when we were in South America with my friends because when you take a tour they always ask you where are you from? Here's my hand. I am from Poland and I always will say that to every single person that I am originally from Poland and now I live in New Jersey. You never say that you're from America now because you live there? Like, I feel that I'm from Poland when I'm somewhere else. I don't feel first as I am an American. However, if they ask me where I live, I always say I live in, in, in New Jersey. I obviously don't live in Poland for 15 years now, but um, my first instinct, instinct says that I am from Poland. So you've lived in New Jersey for 15 years now? I think I'm going to hit that mark sometime in the summertime. Yep. Okay. Before that, you lived in Poland. And when you lived in Poland, were you, did you feel like uh, you're, you know, Polish? Or what was like, how did you feel about yourself when you were living in Poland? Um, where Did you even think about it at all? Like, oh, I'm Polish or like I'm from, you know, Wrocław or wherever you were, you know, your hometown was. Did you even consider that part of your identity at all before you moved here or not really? So when you live in Poland, then you think of yourself that you are from that specific town you're from because there is a competition between Krakow, Warsaw, Wrocław, Poznań, Łódź, who, hello, Dorota, Łódź is uh, a separate country perceived by my friend. Uh, but there is just that uh, identity to the town or the city that you were growing up in or you live currently. So then you're just thinking of yourself that I'm from that particular part of the country just because there are so many differences between between, um, you know, the eastern, western, southern and northern parts of the country. So so when you are a Pol you live in Poland, you just think of yourself as, you know, I'm from that particular city. So I, I was definitely Wrocławian. I don't know, Wrocławian, as they would say. So that, that's interesting. So because you didn't live in Wrocław, did you? Five minutes away. <laughs> you thought of yourself as still as a Wroclawian, even though you lived just outside. Because this is interesting and I think different across the culture. Yeah, so I always uh, thought of myself that, yes, I live in the city of Wrocław just because I slept outside in the suburban part outskirts of the city doesn't mean that I spend my days playing with the 
people who are there just because I didn't go to school there. I always went to school in the city. I always had my all of my friends there uh, when I was, you know, old enough to, to go out by myself. Like, all you did was just in downtown Wrocław. Plus, it was 15 minutes away by car. So probably closer than somebody who lived in, like, farther parts, like... Like it was like twice as closer where my house was versus like people who lived within the borders of the city. So, yes, I definitely did not ever consider myself as not, uh, you know, a a Wrocław citizen, if if that's what you're implying. Well, yeah, that's fascinating. So I I live in Scotland. (laughs) I live in Scotland, as you know, and uh, Scottish people are very proud of their identity and where they live. Um, and it's very often that Scottish people associate themselves with the particular town they are from. So for you, it would be the little town outside Brotsov that you were from. Or even further, they would associate themselves with little districts they are from. So in Edinburgh, you have a lot of different districts. People feel strong identity and strong ties with one particular district. And I think in, in, in Poland, it's very, it's very different for us. We tend to associate ourselves with big cities, which is, um, uh, yeah, which is really interesting. That is absolutely true. If you ask anybody living in America that's from Poland, they are always from three places. They're from Warsaw, they're from Krakow, and and sometimes from Wrocław. But primarily they're from Krakow, and that's anybody from the south, mostly little villages, or from Warsaw, and that's anybody from the eastern part of Poland. That's This is just the two places they ever mentioned. They would not even think about saying, I'm from, you know, home or whatever. Ustrzyki little town or even yeah. village. Yeah, there you go. If you push them, and that they will say that even to Pol- other Polish people. If you push them, because you already know that obviously they are not from Warsaw, then they'll tell you. Uh, but to Americans or other foreigners, they will never reveal that. Uh, but I want to go back to um, to you being from Wrocław. Did you ever live, just for context, uh, anywhere else in Poland? Or was your life in Poland only in one Yes, place. it was always in one, the best of them all, cities of Wrocław. Yeah, I only lived in Wrocław and then I moved to um, to the States and I only lived within one state also here. So I just have those two to compare to. How did you decide or how did that happen that you, you know, um, landed from Wrocław to New Jersey? Um, and did you, when living in Wrocław, because, you, you know, you you spend all of your life there? Did you ever imagine yourself living somewhere else even? No, I don't think I have just because when you are um, 18 at the time when I was leaving uh, Poland, like even before that, I don't think we have as teenagers um, like five-year plans or 10-year plans or even that uh, urgency to think in advance what you want to do. I think it's more spontaneous and like whatever comes up at the time. So I did, definitely did not have plans to move out. I always wanted to go places to visit, but definitely not to move somewhere. Um, and maybe that's driven by I didn't have any economical reasons to do it so my parents made the decision and it was purely economical to move somewhere else to find better life for themselves and then they just dragged their children so I was just a result of that but I did it I moved in just because I was told and as an obedient child I I did what I was asked to do Um, but I definitely did not think as an 18 year old you know high school graduate that I want to go now and live in Spain because I think the sun has 
you know, a lot to offer over there and people are happier. And by the way, they're not really happier. They're more aggressive in the, in the warmer climates. <laughs> but I just never had that thought. Uh, I'm sure people now may start thinking about it just because they travel more. But like 15 years ago, I was just really, you know, all I knew was my immediate circle of friends, my town. I haven't really traveled even around the country that much. I, I know Warsaw a little bit. I didn't like it. I, I loved Krakow um, much better. I've been there more. So, but I have never imagined myself moving unless it was for school. But my school, I did not apply to go to college in Poland. So I eventually just, you know, had no real big plans at the time to move elsewhere just because I didn't have that need or that, um, I guess, enough knowledge about the other countries or I did not have boyfriends who moved somewhere else. And that's sometimes a lot, a lot of the times is a trigger that somebody's moving and just dragging you along. That wasn't it. So my boyfriend so-called were my parents who moved somewhere and just consequently have me join them um, here in, 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 in Jersey they dragged me along like a couple years later but i was eventually i joined them and so did my sister a few years later it sounds like a huge huge change just as you're describing it it's just you know you're this young girl not thinking about moves just thinking about what young girls usually think about and then all of a sudden this huge change happens how does how did that feel well, if you are a teenager, like I said before, your immediate circle of friends is like your life and your immediate, I guess, like the, the high school reality is now disappearing. So it is a drastic change because for anybody who's changing environments that is especially unknown to them, it is going to be uh, a shock treatment. And it was definitely for me. For me, it was just like now moving to a different country and not have, having anybody to guide me. I think that was a little bit of a, uh, a little bit more difficult. But I was so grateful that, you know, I immediately find somebody that I could get, um, you know, all the info that I needed to go to school, like apply to colleges. And, and, you know, I got a job. So it was really good. So Paulina, you were talking about um, how massive this was for you. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so like I mentioned before, like my world was everything I knew and was limited to my high school friends and my immediate um, environment of high school. I did not have any expectations in terms of my near future. So moving into a new reality, it was still a thermal shock for me because now I'm landing in a totally new country with no social network, with no Instagram or like no other means to really communicate quickly with others because Believe me, 15 years ago, it was really limited to emails that took hours to type, um, sometimes Skype conversations, but time difference make it really difficult to stay connected. So I land in the country and the only parent, like the only people that are next to me are my parents who are, you know, inundated in their work and they don't know they don't have any advice for me what to do and how do I find myself because it's a new thing for them as well. So for a 19 year old, it was a pretty big shock, but I was pretty, I guess, thankful that I was able to find people like me again. It's some, it's, it's that uh, thing that make you feel cozy when you find somebody like you. So another person from Wrocław or another person from the same country because there's a lot of Polish people here in America by the way there's there were at the time there was actually few girls that were my age so I was able to 
uh, kind of like get um, an understanding where can I go to school, how to enroll, and and I kind of got an idea, but I was living here thinking, okay, few more months and I'll be able to go back, you know, to Poland and meet everybody. And I had a boyfriend at the time, so it was so hard, you know, heartbreaking for me to be apart from that person. So I was working and then coming back home and talking to him on Skype. And that this is how my days looked like. So it was pretty distorted. And I don't think I suffered from any big emotional distress at the time because I was hopeful that soon it will be back to normal. But I can I can see that, you know, people who do not have enough support system or that they, they cannot find themselves, it may be, may be a big struggle, but it's definitely um, helpful when you have people that kind of went through the same thing, like my friends who are also coming at a young age and they kind of like show you around and, and they can tell you like what to do. There's some like fascinating stuff you're talking about, I think. and. And, 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 you know, really interesting points. I loved how you talked about thermal shock. You know, it made me feel a certain way, just as you're describing things. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to uh, re- in, re- bring those um, emotions back. But, like, I'm just trying to think about anybody else who's going to a, a very different culture, because this is a very different culture. It's still a, it's still a Western world, but it's not your country. and And it's going to now require of you things that you have never done on your own and your parents are not there to kind of like guide you right you have to figure it out for yourself so that's i think the thermal shock is at the level that you're now an adult but you're also in a different country so there is a barrier that you have not only the language barrier but there's also that um cultural aspect and how things are done and what is expected of you or not and I can tell you a lot of American kids they don't do things that I had to do at that time and how about you said that when you landed there for you it was not like um you know you were not said on immigrating like I I feel like you didn't really feel like an immigrant or you know somebody that will actually stay there for you it seems like you were just there temporarily in your own mind like you came to America, you know, your parents asked you to, and then you were going to go back. I don't think I was ever to go back, but it was just like that comfort of home or of whatever you're, you were used to. So you were just trying to, you know, have it and not, and not um, kind of like deal with that transition into your new reality, um, you know, like being left alone and without, you know, talking to your boyfriend obviously I had to talk to him or obviously I had to do the reach outs to my friends so it was just trying as much as possible to stay in touch and live the life here without um you know being totally alone but as I explained it's really difficult to maintain these relationships when you're starting your new life somewhere else and I started going to school I started meeting new people I started um, going out more I started to learn how to drive which is amazing because now you you're not limited to uh, you know to your immediate uh, location because where 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 I lived and I still live in this exact same 
same environment, you need to have a car to get around. It's not as easy as hopping on the train just because I'm not in New York City, right? So it, it is a little bit more difficult. So the more acclimated you get and the more people you meet, you're starting to feel more comfortable. And, and that, you know, after a while, those friends that you used to talk to all the time, they're, they're not as much needed because you are starting a different life somewhere else. It's quite interesting because as you talk about it, you know, I, I think it feels quite touching. Um, it, it's a, again, it's a huge, huge change. So many things are changing on a social level, cultural level, work level, driving level. And yet you say that at the time you don't really experience that distress. You kind of don't think about it. You do it. You do what's, what's required of you. How does it feel to be talking about it now? I, you know what? I, am, I, I don't know if if this is exactly what happened to me 19 years ago, not 15 years ago. So I am just thinking and kind of dramatizing this in my head. And I think it's in my head now more tragic than it was. I just remember one time crying about it and then being fine with it just because I kind of, I felt like I had enough support from like my friends or like my family that I, I got it together. I don't think, you know, being forced to move to a different country made such a big impact on my life and that that decision wasn't my own. I don't think it really shaped me right now that right now that I feel hate towards my parents or that I feel this towards others. There's definitely nothing like that. I think that I would be just fine enrolling in college in Poland or enrolling in college somewhere else and just starting my life and it will be on my own terms. But just this wasn't meant for me. So I wasn't feeling very strongly about, you know, I really want to be, you know, enrolled in this university in Krakow. I had that as an option, but it wasn't something that I dreamed of, you know, like it wasn't something that I really had as my goal. So I was fine with my parents deciding it for me. Thank you for sharing this. It sounds to me like it was a positive change for you after all. So all these years, um, many years after you're looking at it as actually something really good has happened to me. Sometimes good things can be still very difficult and it sounds like it may be one of them. So thank you for sharing. So going back to um, your arriving here and slowly transitioning from maybe your, your old network of friends and people close to you to a new network of friends making friends. Do you remember the moment where it started uh, the balance of here and there? So, um, you know, here being Poland and, and there being New Jersey and then that balance slowly shifting from here being more in New Jersey and there being more in Poland. Do you remember uh, when that started happening and how it uh, transpired for you? What was kind of the symptoms of that? Was it just talking to people over there or um, any thoughts of uh, or any, you know, um, examples of situations where you felt like, okay, now I feel, you know, a little bit more at home here or, oh, I don't really feel connected to that or this or that in Poland? And there are so many examples that it can be, uh, you know, we can talk about, but definitely this comes with time as time heals wounds, time really let you understand, um, like you learn the new realities. And this is what happened to me. I learned all my adult life in this American reality. So when I go back to my now old friends now they live in the very different reality than what we left behind when i left so it is very 
interesting how you do not have that area of experiences that are being shared that what we have is the layer of us growing up in the same culture growing up in the same town and sharing those experiences up to high school then everybody went off to school and I got my experience at an American university so that's the first thing that when I talked to them I was like listen our schooling like it was just so easy and that they tell me like how much they had to study and obviously I had to study too but our formats our exams and the education a high higher education was so much different so that was the first thing that you know when I go and talk to them is just like okay well that I can't connect and can't relay but this is what happened to me same with driving that I already explained I drive everywhere and people in Poland if you if you don't have to have a car they don't have to have a car because they don't drive as much where I, where I have to commute hours every day um so that is an, another thing, but some of some of the things that I struggle with living in the U.S. is things that do not cross your mind that may be perceived as strange to Americans or even illegal, and it is totally normal to us uh, Europeans or <laughs> Polish people and say um, more you know one of <laughs> Please. one of my favorite examples is my sister putting her child outside um to allow her daughter who was maybe a few months old to sleep um in front of their house something that i did not think would be perceived by an american as something wrong because i was a witness of that happening on a regular basis in poland like we keep our kids outside so they can nap and they can get the benefit of the fresh air and then it's not normal in america the the children and raising children when you become a parent it is very transparent of what differences between the US and Poland are and my next example would be when i feel like an american coming to poland with my child at age of 4 trying to get her a juice at a, a um a kiosk in, at the airport in Warsaw and I wanted to get her an apple juice or an oranges and the lady said do, do you want me to warm it up for you and I was shocked like why would she even ask me that question and it's a shock to me right but it's probably not a shock to any mother in Poland um, how babies in America are fed with cold milk they never wear a hat you would see um, on the news on um, of a blizzard uh, mothers being interviewed with newborns without their hats on and that's another example where it's May in Poland and my child is the only one without a hat on and I was just you know hey this is the experience that now I have from the U.S. culture that I'm raising my child a little bit more as an American mother versus a Polish mother because this is what I see that it's okay not to put a hat on or it's okay not to warm up the milk or it's okay not to warm up everything because this child will be just fine but it probably isn't the same for mothers and all the kids are wearing tights until they freaking say no to that because they are annoying and they don't really want to wear them and is that ever confusing you know with so much pressures that mothers are under anyway is that confusing to have two different cultures 
Does that get tricky? It does for mother, for Polish mothers that have a lot of Polish friends too, I think because they're still living with their, you know, mothers or grand grandmothers and they say the child needs to be outside. That's why my sister thinks it's a beneficial thing to go outside even if it's cold. And I remember my mom saying, just take the outside, she will sleep better and it's freezing. I don't see any American mother in the freezing cold walking around with strollers, you know, but we are and you feel bad if you don't take your child outside that they need to have that uh like they need to have that time outdoors every day because it is a very polish thing for us to think that you will be a better mother but you know bullshit like you really need to do whatever you think it's best but you just can't get away with it just because it's inherited in you and it kind of like imprinted from how you were raised and how now your mother who's polish is going to influence how you raise your children I was wondering if one of you could maybe let our audience know um, anything about bears, children and bears. You do live in New Jersey. There are bears. There are, yes. Black bears, but there are literally, I think, zero incidents when a bear would take a child, maybe because they don't put children outside, unless they are me. But we don't have bears in our area. Although I do have to say the social worker asked me if I was afraid if an animal wouldn't come out of the woods, which there are... No woods around, it's that there are some bushes, but <laughs> I wouldn't call them woods. And uh, we do have deer, but I was never really considered deer taking my child, honestly. I, I don't think that deers are carnivores. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And the, and the Bigfoot? And the Bigfoot, yeah. No, Sasquatch is, uh, as, as we know, a very real thing. So uh, I think that at that time, um, Yano, my husband, was not listening to Sasquatch news. And so we still put the kids outside. I don't think that would happen now. Although he says that there's not a lot of Sasquatch in our area. So I think that he did the, yeah, he, uh, we researched the area and we figured that the danger was relatively low compared to the benefit of the sun and vitamin D. I mean, that's everything. I, every single day. I don't know what it is, if it's a cultural thing or whatever that is, but I literally feel like the kids should be outside every single day and I feel guilty if they're not, even if it's bad weather. Paulina, I was wondering, I introduced you as Paulina, but I was wondering, um, how did that change when you when you moved to the States? Has your name changed? Everybody addressed me as Paulina and they always say they really like my name. By the way, I feel more confident speaking my name to a Spanish um, individual, somebody with uh, like a Spanish background from Latin America, since there's so many people uh, from Latin America over here, because they also know that name. And there is a famous singer, Paulina Rubio, in, in uh, I don't know, Mexico, I think. So they always liked my name and that made me feel very welcome here. <laughs> and um, that's one thing. But Americans still have a, a, a little bit hard time pronouncing my name. Um, they like to change it into a French name. Um, Pauline, I got Paulette, um, but you know, there's just, there's just, there's just a lot, um, a lot of things with pronunciation of the names as we, uh, put the, in Poland, we put the stress on Pau and here they would like to say Paul, like Paul, Paulina. And I just got used to it. I don't correct people unless it's my boyfriend. I correct him then. <laughs> so he needs to get it. It's, he needs to say it right. But as you say, it makes you feel welcome. The fact that people like your name, that they know your Polish name. There's something about there for you, you know, feeling welcome. Uh, yeah, well, it's just the thing that it's not different, right? Like you find found a demographic that knows the name because a lot of the time like 
they have no idea what Viesuava is, right? Like, I'm glad I'm not Viesuava or I'm not, I'm not Wutsia, because then I would have to kind of like make it more um, American at the beginning, because it's hard. You don't know what to, how to introduce yourself. Some people go with whatever their names are. Now you mentioned Viesuava. Now you mentioned Viesuava. I'm thinking about Viesuava, Viswotska and sex experts. And uh, yeah, sex is on my mind. It was not on my mind when I moved here, I have to tell you. <laughs> tell us about that. Yeah, I was uh, I was in a relationship, so sex was definitely not on my mind. And kind of moving to a country where you have so many different options, like guys are so much, um, I think, more happy when they have all the different races and ethnicities around them to pick from and experience it. That was definitely not my goal at all. Like I was like, oh, no, I can't date somebody from, I don't know, uh, Vietnam, although I do like Asian men. Um, and I did go once on a date with an Asian man, but it ended on the second date. Uh, so definitely not for me. I do have that ingrained, um, you know, Caucasian that I have a preference for. Um, just because I wasn't raised in this like melting pot. I wish I was, but my natural instincts are still, I'm leaning towards those men that look what my boyfriends used to look like. Do you tell them that? Yeah, because uh, they ask. <laughs> so take a look at those pictures. Do you see a pattern here? <laughs> this is me and my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> You're almost the same. I almost got it. Should we say hi to your first boyfriend? I feel like he's been mentioned now a few times and maybe he deserves a bit of a recognition i do have to say one thing that at the beginning i was dating polish men uh who lived in america why hey you have that cultural similarities they know that although they were raised here like they had polish mothers fathers like they knew the culture they could speak speak the language so i lean towards that but if you can't get a polish guy maybe you can get a european guy because you know the land is similar like you know that america is only 300 years of history and over there like we all know that there are things as ancient as you know like things from the second century and that and that's a big issue with americans not connecting with us because they are very limited to their their American country and, and their culture. They are not very curious and they if they want to travel, they want to travel in the warm Caribbean lands and they're they're they just don't have the same mentality as I wanna say now Europeans. See, so I I, I kinda expanded from being from Wrocław, then from Poland and now to the European land. But yeah, I am not dating anybody from Europe at this time. But you, your boyfriend did live in Europe and he goes back to that point quite often, I have to say, right? He lived in Switzerland for a while. Yeah, so that was his only European experience. And I just want to mention that was when he was five years, oh, I'm sorry, not five, 11 years old. And it's funny because he has exactly that uh, perception how free he was. His parents didn't have to drop him off at school. He could take a train to get to school. And it was so amazing here forget it you can't take a train if you are like living in a suburban uh new jersey town because like parents would go nuts so you mentioned that you um you had um different feelings about being polish american uh dating different polish americans and then now americans i guess did that identity change for you um and how it changed for from being uh you know a polish girl living in america and now maybe um, do you feel different about that or are you still primarily, you know, feel like a Polish immigrant or do you feel like an immigrant at all? Do you think about that at all? Well, I do not feel an immigrant from 
Poland as of now as much as I have when I moved here because I have learned the culture. I have learned much more of my adult life um, in the past 15 years. So it's just a lot of conversations that I'm having with Americans they're aligned. Like we share exactly the same stories. Kids going to school or out of work, what's going on. Um, restaurants that we go to, you know, it's just much more aligned. And it's easier for me to have a conversation with anybody who's not Polish. However, when it comes to inviting somebody to my house and asking them to take their shoes off, that's very Polish of me to do. I do not like people with dirty shoes in my house. And that's how I was raised. Take off your shoes, put your slippers on if you have them. And <laughs> inviting them to my family house where my parents speak Polish and we we're having Polish customs. If it's a boyfriend that never experienced, you know, a, a little religious cultural um, situation that we have a prayer before Christmas Eve dinner, you know, that's one of the things that I then have to explain because they don't understand what the significance of it is. But it's more of a cultural thing for me. And I feel very Polish doing it because I know nobody else is doing it. None of my neighbors are doing it. But when you live in Poland, you know that everybody's doing exactly the same thing at the same time, but not here. So there is just a lot of things that are unique more when you invite somebody in your house or when you think about certain situations like how you raise your kids and maybe have a conversation with another mom about it that may have a different cultural experience too. Because it's not only Americans that I'm dealing with. We have so many friends from different backgrounds, um, from Spanish cultures, Latin America, uh, from even Indian, right? We have our Indian friends, Deepak and Kapil. Hello to you guys. So we know that they've they've bring their own experiences and it's all very different. And I always love, love, love hearing about their stories. And that makes me then identify with them because we know that we all coming in with our luggage and, and our experiences and our cultural differences. And we're trying to integrate within um, the American culture. And that's when you have that identity that you are Polish, but then you're also American because you're trying to integrate. Would you say that um, that person personal space is still maybe more Polish and then the public space or your um, kind of, you know, public outside of your home life is, is more American? Definitely my private space is more Polish, but outside, you know, I work with Americans. I, I go outside and meet with Americans. I encounter Americans at the stores and I act like them. You know, one of the things that is very different, you don't say hi to strangers in Poland, but I'm all about saying hi and smiling at people when I'm here because it's normal. And I appreciate that. God forbid you do that on the marketplace in Wrocław because they're going to be like, who's that crazy one? You know, and I've been even shamed by my friend uh, buying, I don't know, some sort of cupcakes for my sister's wedding because I address the person who's my age or younger as you versus sir. And I'm like, listen, this guy is my age. Why would I talk to him as if he's a sir? I don't know, Kowalski. Like, he's just like you. You are just the person and we are treating you as, you know, as my peer. I just have a different now perception of relationship. You went all American on him. 
And that was in Poland. I went all American on him. And and I do that in certain situations that are a shock. That would be a thermal shock for me over there again. Me coming with my new ways, new behaviors and new interactions that I would make with in Poland. And they are a shock to those people too, because they are not welcomed. And you know, funny thing, and then it's true. When an American explains why Polish people are unwelcoming is because they always have that set face on them. And that's the case. And I try not to have that set face anymore. That was one of the um, tour guide uh, FYI about Poland when you watched when I watched it on YouTube. When you meet the Polish person, they're all cool, but they're not welcoming from like just the facial front. That has to happen when you start drinking with them. I feel like they open up. We're very welcoming, but just not from the outside at the beginning. There are some protocols you need to follow with with the Polish people. And I think I kind of transitioned from that already just because I've been here for too long. I just have one last question. Do you keep extra slippers for your guests at your home in case they bring their dirty shoes in? My mom does. It's a Polish thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a Polish thing to have extra slippers for your guests. But do you have them or is it not no longer the case with you? Thank you for reminding me. I do not because I have a lot of shoes. So I keep all my shoes in that immediate um, like shoe uh, storage that I have by my uh, <laughs> by my uh, door. But I will get some slippers for my guests. That is a great idea. I will definitely do that. So Paulina, we asked you about one piece of culture you would like to share with um, with people who are listening to us. And you shared that book that we read in primary school. This was a book I, I have learned how to read with. Tell us more. Why did you share that particular piece of culture with us? Pustyni w Puszczy. And you translated as wilderness. What was it? In desert and wilderness. In desert and wilderness, right. I know that every Amer- of every Polish child and every Polish individual knows that book. It was a mandatory book for a fifth grader. There's no question that if I ask somebody if they know who Stash and Nell are, they will know it's from that specific book. So it's part of the Polish culture that I just try to sneak in and give my daughter that name. So it's very common for me not to be now in a position to explain explain my child's name to a Polish person because they all know what that is, where it's coming from. It's not a Polish name. However, it is ingrained in our Polish culture. For Americans, they still don't know, they still misspell, but it is interesting how um, when you are living in a different country, you're trying to find a name that will be easy to pronounce or easy to write, and it doesn't sound like Wiesława, right? <laughs> but it is has some significance to you, and it will hopefully have a significance for the person that's carrying that name. The book itself, you know, it's an any, any other story about... Tell us, tell us the story. What is it? What is it about? <laughs> so it is a story about two um, children being kidnapped in Africa. The parents, the fathers are building the Suez Canal and the children are being kidnapped during that time when they're being unattended. And it's a story, it's a story about their journey through the through the desert. They're Polish, so they're obviously kids that being unattended, left outside. <laughs> It is just to describe that journey and, and what kind of things happened to them at a certain time of that trip that they, they had through the desert and who they met and how they handled things. So it's supposed to be an educational thing. I don't know why we really chose that one is because the author was the Nobel Prize winner. And that was basically my thought of who do I want to bring with my child into this world? And I knew I needed a Nobel Prize winner. One thing I remember from the book is baobabs. There's a lot, the a trace, lot of yeah. chat about baobabs. They are there everywhere around them because they're huge trees. 
from the book that I don't really care much for. But you know, it's, it's interesting how, how sweet this is that we have this shared literature that we wouldn't have otherwise, even though the book itself is maybe not of such um, significance to, to, yeah, to wider culture. Exactly. There's not much to the story, right? But there is just that entire significance around who wrote it and that every single individual was really forced to read it mm. to pass the fifth grade. Yeah, I don't think I ever made it through. It was so boring. <laughs> it's short. <laughs> is it short? I remember it's no, a very it's long. Very he long. Only wrote, wrote, it's a very long book. He, he only wrote long books. Maybe you only read the summary, Paulina. Are you sure you read it? I read it and my friend just gave me a copy of it and maybe it's a very small print that's why it, it seems to me as a shorter one but if you're 11 and you get that book it definitely has a different uh, you have a different perception cool well <laughs> rapid fire why not uh Paulina, are you ready for we have a, a round of questions there's five questions um for just don't think too much and give us the first answer that comes to your mind okay ready number one culture or nature nature number two what do you feel when you meet someone from your own country that we're gonna have some beat number three table for two or a big party mm, big party i'm in covid uh you know the experiment right now so big party for sure worst moment from here Worst moment? Oh my God. Uh, I'm just trying to, did anything bad happen to me? Um, I don't know, running out of gas, maybe? I don't know what's the worst <laughs> I had to go down the hill, thankfully, down the hill to get to the gas station. So you really do depend on your car. Okay, how about the best moment from here? Ooh, um, yeah, well, obviously, uh, every mom will say, you know, having your kids. So definitely having Nelly. And then um, best moments are just uh, every day that's sunny. You know, that's the best moment. Nothing related to your car? No, I wish I didn't have it because I want to bond with nature based on question one. Yeah, it all makes sense. Well, thank you so much for your time. Karina, do you have any closing questions or reflections? Thanks for being so courageous. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this conversation. We'd love to hear how you connect with the stories of our guests and about your here and there experience. You can get in touch with us via email. It's hello at hereandtherepodcast.com. You can also share, comment, and follow us on your favorite social media platform. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Here and There Podcast. Find all of our episodes and links to our social media and streaming platforms on our website, hereandtherepodcast.com. Thanks, Yano, for putting us online. Clarence Boddicker for the Here and There tune. And Kieran for the beautiful graphic. Till next time, friends. Bye-bye.